I'm Henry Lin. And I'm Barnett Zitrin. Welcome to Better World. Better World is an exploration of badass people doing really good things. The more we know about this world, the better we can do to change it. So welcome to Better World. Barnett, I'm a little food hungover today. Why? I spent the weekend with my family who eats a lot of red meat and I shamelessly plowed through steaks and sandwiches like a fat kid. No fish? No salmon? A little bit of fish. I had some flounder. Um, but for the most part, I was really succumbing to pretty much every whim and craving that one could possibly succumb to, including a chicken parmesan and penne arrabbiata bender. Was it, it was chicken parm hero or just straight up? Oh, just straight up. Whoa. Straight up. What about dessert? Heavy carb loading. I, I ate half a pie. Blueberry. That's disgusting. It was delicious. I'm not going to lie to you. We have access to the best foods in the history of man. Um, animals and the way we harvest them have a negative impact. Livestock accounts for 39% of the methane contribution in agriculture. Yet, I can get an acai berry from Brazil and eat only superfoods. But we choose not to. We have a prolific amount of disease and mental health challenges as well. The question we are asking today is, can we do more with our own bodies and our own nutrition? Can we create a change inward to create a change outward? We can try, I think. We can try. And so welcome to the pod, Marcus Antibi, nutritionist, founder of Juice Press, Muay Thai fighter, and downtown shaman. And welcome, uh, Alex Silverfagan, Nike master trainer, yogi, um, supermodel, and unicorn. Hey guys, thanks and welcome super, to the pod. Super, hey guys. A big word, but hi. <laughs> I've seen your Instagram. It's super. So it's an I'd be an Instagram model, I guess, not a supermodel. But I guess fair. is that? But it's 2018, so that's <laughs> maybe it's is the there same really thing. A distinction? Yeah, I think it's, it's the same. possibly it's the, the same, same thing. thing. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank uh, you, for Marcus. Coming. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? It's close enough. Comes in hot. We'll fight me about it later. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to offend the Muay Thai uh, fighter. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, Marcus, you have a very, very interesting story, and you and I met about five years ago when you changed my life uh, by telling me that food is the fuel that you put inside your body. And that distinction helped me switch up uh, the four tacos uh, a day meal plan that I was on um, to substituting with green juice and raw organic vegan foods for better fuel. And rather than anesthetizing myself with pizza and all of these sort of feel-good, quick-burst foods, um, I began to substitute really, really good foods. And for about two and a half to three weeks, I took your uh, plant protein challenge and substituted my meat uh, proteins with vegetable proteins. And as a result, I lost uh, 37 pounds. Um, I was actually too skinny at one point. Um, what has been your journey you have a very, very interesting story, and you've had this very similar impact on a lot of people, um, being their, not only their guide and their nutritionist, um, but their friend and their coach, and in some capacity, their health mentor. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? Thanks, Henry, for that wonderful introduction that you lied through your teeth on every word almost. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, the <laughs> one thing that you said that wasn't true is I'm not a, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't have any degrees or any schooling. I'm... I come from the school of the streets, and um, I've been doing what I'm doing on my body for 25 years, and I built a business. We're at 85 stores around um, common sense nutrition, 
And um, I have a very mechanical and unique brain in how I break up the information about nutrition. And I've, what I've discovered is that most nutritionists are steering everyone wrong, most. Why? Um, because they talk about the nonsense that you were describing about calories and, and, and you know, they, they talk about food in a way that's just clear they don't actually understand what's going on. And my message, the way I talk about food now, is definitely not going to be something that is easy for me to talk to about someone who's mired in emotional distress and deep in the d addiction of food. I mean, I can sit down with that person and, and, and relate to them. I'm not judging it. It's just that I don't know that I have a message anymore tailored for fighting with someone about, for example, what is the prime source of nutrition. If someone believes right. that it's still the flesh of an animal, it's too much work for me to have to go through the whole long trail of chemistry to get nowhere. It's like an atheist and a rabbi are having an argument. It's just, it goes nowhere. It does nothing. In fact, what it really does is it confuses everybody, and they both walk away even more solidified in their ideas. So I'm only really interested in the science and the chemistry of nutrition, and the way I look at diet is how do I keep myself free from cancer and other inflammatory diseases? What is the science and chemistry of eating flesh of animals? <coughs> well, are you sure you don't want to talk to anyone else first? No, I mean, so one of the things... You're really that, asking me that question I'm, that early into that the interview? That early in, just taking Ooh. the pants off, going straight to the love party. One of the things Ooh. that we really want to get into is how do we get into our bodies? And Alex and I were talking about it before you arrived. And one of her key insights uh, was that she works... What was the exact tagline you said? You work inward rather than working out? Yeah, so my, my entire... Uh, message that I use with my clients and um, anybody that I meet is to work in rather than work out. I think I said tune in was what you you appreciated. And I I come from a background of I started in fitness with bikini competitions and bodybuilding where I was eating 175 grams of animal protein a day and I felt I felt horrible. But I was doing it because I was told that this is what I need for a desired outcome and I wasn't listening to how I felt the fact that I my body wasn't digesting food I was sluggish I the only energy that I had was for my workout in the gym and I didn't do anything else I didn't socialize I didn't feel good and I wasn't um, I wasn't living right so right. I think right now we all wait for somebody to tell us what to do rather than just tuning in and seeing how do I feel right now <laughs> what how did you feel with your uh, like eggplant parmesan arrabbiata bender right like you, the first thing you like said is you didn't feel good after. right right but but we still wait for somebody else to tell us what to do instead of just listening to that cue it's just a natural response did the animal protein is that literally eating meat or or do so you count eating, like whey protein well animal, I mean, I was, animal I was protein whey. is any protein that comes from an yeah, animal yeah i mean i was way difference if it's eggs chicken eggs, fish or meat ev mm. yeah everything um it was horrible. What you said, this is Marcus again. By the way, I want the audience to know that they supplied the guests with full back massage while we're actually talking. We're being rubbed down in a very gentle and appropriate way. I must add that this is a wonderful production that they have here. It's incredible you said that is you're a great this combative teaching. while getting rubbed like this. Well, remember to breathe. <laughs> the, what you said was a great teaching, except my experience has been is that most people actually need the teacher in the beginning, and right. they should not trust their instincts. Their instincts, right. first of all, human beings do not actually have physical instincts we create spiritual instincts we have emotional instincts but if most people continue to follow their instincts they're leading themselves to their grave right so they need 
someone to help them when they're ready, when they, when they have their own awakening. The, the question is, where do you go for help? It's someone who comes to a gym and says, hey, train me, make me thin, what should I eat? They're having an awakening and they're actually going to a teacher. They're just most likely going to get the wrong teaching. Right. And I can say that because I live in the biggest city in the world. We're not in a tiny little city and I'm not looking at 200 people my whole life. I've seen tens of thousands of people. I'm in a business that's proliferated by nothing but people and I'm a very good student. I listen and I watch. The instinct is not the right thing. There is a very simple path to follow. It is a straightforward, straight line from point A to point B. If a lion, for example, decided it wanted to go into the garden and eat apples and kale, it wouldn't make it. It's not designed to do that. So if it listened to its instinct to eat apple and kale, it wouldn't live very long. I I just want to say, I I think perhaps I said instinct and that was the wrong term. What I mean is connecting to how you feel from certain uh, stimulus and responses, right? So it's not just like your instinct is to eat pizza. Like don't follow the instinct, but it's what happens after you eat pizza. How do you feel? What, what's but most the... people are too toxic to listen. And even with the pain, they can't change because they're not actually taking the right action to bring themselves to what they already are is they're already enlightened beings. They just forgot. And the secret here is to awaken the enlightened being, not just to teach them mathematics or habit teaching is actually really important. That's what all great disciplines are about reinforcing good habits. But we need about 300 years, you and I each, if we're on the planet, to make a profound impact on humanity. So we have to move a little bit faster. We have to speak in bulk and we have to package it in a way that we can sell to the masses in bulk. That's the time frame that we're living in. Something extraordinary is happening right now in New York I've noticed it. it's really actually very sudden in the last year. There are more and more people that I find have something enlightened to say. I find that pretty remarkable. And I haven't been asleep for the last 10 years. I've been looking and I hear more and more people like yourself, young person who live in a Western world who are saying more awake and enlightened things. And you're actually, your mission in life is to help people become awake. So the question is, is what is the message that will universally help people come awake? I don't have to preach about spirituality or veganism from a perspective of compassion. We can do that, and I actually believe in that, and I think it's a very important conversation. But a lot of people who are new to just getting their diet right, it might be too overwhelming for them to add that component. Can you tell us about what animal flesh does to you on a chemical basis? Well, not yet, because it sounds like what Marcus is saying and Alex is that there's listening to yourself, which happens perhaps after an awakening Mm. Right. Or, an, or a desire to be awakened has happened. Right. Right. I, I, I completely agree with the idea that we, we have to be open to learning from somebody. We have to be open to wanting more information, to being uh, less stuck in our ways. I mean, right. I, I, I was stuck in my way, and then I went to Thailand for my yoga training and learned. Bam. Right? Like you, you have a moment where you realize you need to change something. You need to go outside of yourself and learn and be taught to then have a different perspective of looking at words. Marcus, what, was there anything that happened before you went on the whole juice press journey? Like, w- was there something that catalyzed that? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's obvious that everyone is connected to a series of events that take place in their life that lead them to the moment where you see them. You know, I would say that it's too complicated to, to break out my exact idiosyncrasies that make me the way that I am, but it's a combination of things. It's, it's a combination of early years of vanity, of cutting weight for fights, 
Um, also through my own journey in sobriety. I'm 33 years sober. You know, it's a constant evolution. I feel like I'm falling through a funnel and the cone gets narrower and narrower what I can do and maintain my level of consciousness. You know, and so when I, what, what, what I've also had an epic number of practice events in my life is because I'm at the Juice Press all the time, I speak to thousands of people every year and I really get to set up in my mind what, how people actually think about food from very, very broad spectrum of demographics of people. And, you know, th th it's, this is a systemic problem. You're born and the first thing that happens is you come into a cold, hostile world. You're disconnected from your mother. And the if you're lucky, the first thing that happens is you're given food that satiates hunger and someone coos you and makes beautiful, dreamy eyes at you. And your first experience is love and comfort are, no matter what, associated as a connection to food. So as we grow up in our life, we either make the right connections to food and they have to have a basis in spirituality and physicality at the same time. They can't be divorced from each other because food is actually a spiritual occurrence. When you eat, make no mistake whether you're aware of it or not, you're praying and you're using the food that you're eating as part of your ceremony, whether you're aware of it or not, that occurs. And what you're putting into your body is going to affect every single solitary cell, every molecule and every atom, which of course affects the way you think and the way you move and act throughout this world. So the fact that we're disconnected from that in our modern culture is a direct result of the fact that we do not have enough opportunity to touch and handle the food that we consume. We don't actually understand how food grows. We don't walk barefoot. We don't search for our food. These are things that I, I'm not the first guy to say this. It's just obvious stuff. Mm. And what's not so obvious is how to bring that back into a modern culture. You know, I want to be the last guy in this room to ever wear the five, five toe shoes and think that the I'm getting frogs, back to yeah. the frogs. That's not what I'm talking about. Most people are not going to go in their backyard, get naked, eat grass from the lawn and howl at the moon. That's not what I'm talking about either. Most people are just Sounds going. Fun. It is. <laughs> Most people are going to just take the physical journey and they, they might be able to follow rigid instruction especially if they're sick, cancer type sick, mm -hmm. but also people who have a little bit of awakening, don't feel so good in their body, would like to have a better beach body. When you put those things together, plus the social pressure, everyone around you is getting you know, the better bottle of water. They're all going to Whole Foods. I'm getting paleo diet. I'm getting my gluten-free snacks. It, you know, being healthy is like a peer pressure in a city like New York. Right. It's a competitive, a competitive event. So combined with those things, we want to take each person's individual uh, makeup and we want to try to custom make a diet that will suit that person's needs. But make no mistake, chemistry is not a negotiable argument. If someone has cancer and they make mistakes, they're going to leave this earthly realm. Mm. I've seen it. There's no, there's, nothing, there's no argument in chemistry. The human body is a carbohydrate burning machine which means it is designed in nature to consume fruits and vegetables. No one can argue this fact. It's chemistry. It's simple atoms and molecules. You said that has to do with 
it, was it the size and length of our intestinal tract? Well, that 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 that's evidence of what I'm saying. Okay. It's not it's not as a result of it's evidence of what you're saying. Animals that are carnivorous animals generally have very short digestive tract systems. The food travels through them very quickly, and they spend 20 hours of the day sleeping to process food. Right. Human beings do not live that way. We're omnivorous creatures. We can eat a variety of foods for survival, but our prime source of nutrition when we're not in survival mode is a higher conscious food. What this means is the food that's been created by a corporation doesn't fit in anywhere because it's neither animal protein or plant-based foods. It's processed chemical shit. Right. And it's the curse of mankind. It has been for 75 to 100 years. It's gotten worse today because today there are places where people cannot identify food, period. Everything is in a package and everything has a brand. Everything makes a process, a, a, a promise. Mm. And the only recognition that people have with food today is when they turn it over and they can see some numbers on a nutritional data panel. Right. They talk about calories and sugar. Everyone's misguided and it's making people sick. The system now is not working. So we, we're running out of time, especially if you're sick, you're running out of time. We have to try something new. The system isn't working. We're running out of time. We have to try something new. What I'm saying is ancient. It's just mm. being reintroduced. I'm trying to help people get back to the ancient way of eating. I'm not talking about 7,000-year-old ancient. I'm talking about aboriginal ancient, what people are supposed to eat. This is going to go against the grain because most of what is formed in Western diet mentality comes either from a doctor who knows very little or someone from the gym who has a specific agenda. They have to give their client results. Clients don't come in there to seek spirituality. They want six-pack abs. They want a nice tight ass. They want to get rid of cellulite. If I don't deliver results, I don't get customers. So I have to find ways to cheat to get them to get results because they're not really going to do the work i.e. the 25 different fad diets that have come and gone and proven nothing in the last 30 years. The newest craze is the Keto. ketogenic diet. Yeah. The ketogenic. If anybody Alex, understood. Alex, what's keto? Uh, it's, it's where you eat the majority of your macronutrients come from fat. So it's like 70% fat, like 10% uh, carbohydrates, and like 20% protein. And it's just... Uh, you the the point is to teach your body to start metabolizing um, fat instead of carbohydrate and as Marcus was saying our we are carbohydrate uh, machines yeah exactly yeah. so we're literally tricking our body to work in a different system um, with the outcome of complete intoxication of the chemistry right. of the body right for, for the purpose of doing nothing else but trying to speed up your metabolism and get shredded abs do you it's recommend utterly any ridiculous. of this stuff do I recommend yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I've tried keto and I felt horrible. I think it's hard to maintain, especially because of the amount of fat that you need to eat. It's just not, it, you honestly can't have a big salad because it's, it's ludicrous. The, 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 it's a right. ludicrous program. It yeah. makes it's, it, what you're doing is you're using your body's natural ability to create a furnace. You're, going, you're creating a ketogenic state within your body and you can have a short term result. If I for example, was a runway model, and I, they didn't want me to be too thin, but I had to be ripped and cut and lose weight, blah, blah, blah. Give me a cheat. Oh, it's a ketogenic diet. I'm going to do this. It's not a sustainable diet. Acidosis is the result, which we're not going to go into that. And no matter what, you're intoxicating your body, and you're consuming too much protein, mm. and you're giving cancer a phenomenal environment to thrive. So anybody that's going to follow the ketogenic diet, and they swear by it, they're not ready to talk about a higher conscious diet. And right. I'm very stubborn about that, because I deal with 
I speak to people that are sick and dying, and we have to create a diet program that can help them do self-healing. And they have to waddle and cut with the machete through all the bullshit that's in our society with nutrition. Ketogenic, paleolithic, gluten-free, all these terminologies, they do nothing but obfuscate the obvious issue and they confuse people. So what is the right way to be? So we have a healing process within ourselves that you can tell us about. But first, we need to pay the bills. We can pay the bills. Let's pay the bills. Okay. When we come back, we're going to discuss with Marcus uh, some of his nutritional insights and how to maximize the body's healing potential. Um, and uh, I, I want to talk about like food as medicine because like yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's that that's that's, that's where we're getting. Yeah. So today's Better World episode is sponsored by Stewart. Stewart is helping to replant the world. Stewart's technology scans an area indoors and outdoors and tells you what exactly you can grow there and how to care for it. 80% of plants purchased die in the first year, and Stewart is here to help keep them alive. Barnett, how many plants do you have? Over 13. Killer. I'm at eight. I just keep adding them. That's good. I break, I break them off and mm. plants are the best. Spread the love. They remove volatile organic compounds from the air, toxins. Uh, yeah, we don't have sick building, building syndrome in our family. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Head to growstewart.com to register for the beta. Oh, hey, guys, and welcome back. Welcome back. To Better World. We're here talking Better with World. two fitness, wellness, health, and spiritual Luminaries. Experts. Uh, Please say experts. Experts. Because uh, yeah. my, my ego is involved. That's correct. Um, Marcus <laughs> and Alex. And uh, they're going to tell us a little bit about uh, the healing processes of the body, um, what we can put into our bodies, and some of the lifestyle shifts that might make not only ourselves, but our world a better place. Alex, can you talk a little bit about um, uh, your, your note on farming? Uh, yeah, sure. So as Marcus was saying before, one of the major issues with our our our, our food industry or our, or our connection to food is that we literally don't have a connection to food. We don't cook our we don't grow our own food. We don't uh, associate food unless there's a nutrition label with calories with macronutrients. And for me, I mean, I live in New York as we all do here, and it's highly unlikely that any of us have a garden where we're actually growing our own vegetables or cooking or really truly making our own food maybe i'm sure marcus maybe you have a I, garden. Uh, I was successful this year in my garden to grow poison ivy that i got all over my body <laughs> <That's done. laughs> last year i did much better this year poison ivy got a hold of me oh, no. and it was a great teacher can great. you can you juice poison ivy you can you would get very sick if you consumed it there's yeah. people that believe in poison ivy tea but most of the really really advanced people in plant medicines know that it's never to be consumed i read something about roasted dandelion root as a oh that clears you out yeah as like a right a fix for coffee addiction um i don't believe oh. it well i also I really like coffee so. you, it's oh, not it's not it it's tastes not, a little bit like there's coffee wives tale there's say, yeah. you know you said before sorry you finished what you were saying yeah i mean i was just saying that i i think there's a bigger conversation to be had here rather than just all right well we don't have a connection to food it's it's how are we going to save farming as a profession and as a uh, a practice as a human being of creating our own 
uh, fuel, right? Like we, because farming is, sorry. Yeah. I, I totally went past that. Farming, uh, is soon to be a, a dying profession. Uh, there's people aren't going into the, into that field because it's seen as a low life profession, like getting your hands dirty. Instead, we're going into offices and it may be the best thing to happen to civilization to lose farming. Yes. Yeah. Why is that? I agree with you. Because at scale, it's just demolishing no, everything. It's, well, it's I have a certain type of farming, though. There's mono, right. monocultural I think, farming. Right. I think that when, you know, not that we're going to solve all the world's problems. To describe me as a person on this radio right now, I'm a little bit pushy. A little. You know, I came in rough, moving from one thing to the next. I, I took an Uber here, nice guy. You know, my, in, my intention is the best intention to speak quickly and say a lot of things with potency. I don't want to be controversial and I don't want to be rude. So I'm just trying to share my experience. It's my belief that one of the one of the items that began the descent of modern civilization was the advent of agriculture. I don't believe that agriculture is actually the thing that will save mankind. It's hunter-gathering which will save mankind. Will we be hunter-gatherers again? Probably not. But for me personally, I would never fight for farming. No, I'm not. I'm not fighting for mass scale farming where we're creating vegetables that aren't organic or pure because we're using pesticides to create more of them rather than having. Like, I'm. I'm not trying to save agriculture or farming. I'm trying to save the connection to food, which is what you had brought up before. I've never grown my own vegetables, and I'm well, going to be honest was, about that. There was another very, very important piece that you had inside this when we discussed it offline. Um, you have identified, Marcus, that flesh is bad for you chemically for a whole multitude of reasons, and so check that. Well, off. I wouldn't use the word bad for you because that makes me sound chemically incorrect. Okay. It's not optimal. Right. Right, so, so it's a, per, not, a person can eat flesh foods and be healthy. Right, but that's, we're that's a fact of we're, we're designed and better right. designed. Well, it, when we stay on the physical plane, a person can eat a certain amount of clean flesh foods and actually be as healthy as anyone else that's not doing that. It's there's it's it's my true belief that a person cannot have full connection to the Creator and to understand the spiritual realm if they're not fulfilling what our part is here as humans. This where is where it brings it really weird. And I don't know that I'm ready to actually talk about it on the radio yet until I hear myself Your saying Your spiritual it feelings? In a pr it's not the spiritual feelings. It's just something that I have been awakening to over the last 10 years of my life. And the more I stay on this path, the more I start to recognize that the creatures that are on this planet are not here for my consumption. Mm. If it's not available in the plant kingdom, the human body does not need it. And I have felt, as a result of that, certain types of compassion that I'm not inclined to feel on my own. So why, now that we're, we're focused in on plant-based goods, as we are touching on the farming topic, why do we want to shy away or move away from mass farming products? Because it's not creating real food anyway. Like yeah, the, they're like genetically engineered. Because the almighty dollar has to corrupt anything good. It's just the way that it works. There's always got to be a better way to make more money and it's very hard to stay true to what it is. And what's happened here in our society is that people just aren't aware of what's actually going on in their mm. food. They're just not. And we, we keep making them more aware and it's far more aware than it's ever been. But there has to be a giant shift. There has to be a giant shift and it has nothing to do with me saying that. It's actually happening. No, you, you're both coming from 
different sides of the coin talking about right. the same shift. So I wanted to drill in towards the areas that you want shifted because the switch from flesh uh, to plant protein makes sense, resonates. I, I hear that. Where is the, the, the rest of this shift that has to occur? Going to your farmer's market, talking to your farmers, like people that are actually local and connected to your life because it's you're putting it in your body. It should be more uh, self-centered, right? It should be more right. connected. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying go... I'm not saying continue to to like create these giant farms to make more pink lady apples that aren't <laughs> truly in season that are giants like that's not that's not my point my point is getting back in touch with your food where it's coming from and why you're eating it if time yeah. and money were no object what would how would you fuel yourself for and if your... I didn't live in an apartment yeah high rise <laughs> yeah yeah like in if in a completely idealistic world, like what would you put into your body to fuel your workout or free? Right. That's that's a great question. That should have been the opening question. Geez, sorry. That man. was a great can, question. I'm just saying that was an amazing question. I'm glad we're warming God, up now. Welcome we can, to our yeah. show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we can edit it. We can also stand on our heads and do this podcast and just flip. We, or we could just say that we're on our heads. <laughs> we say, we're Is that Bob calling in from Aspen? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just wanted to comment on something that you said that I thought was the right thing, which is go to a farm and see what, how produce grows. Actually get your hands in the dirt. I have another one I would do. Let's have a field trip and take kids to slaughterhouses. Let's watch how animals are killed for all over the world. Seriously. And look at this. meatyourmeat.org. That's what I did when I was 12. Let's start, let's, <laughs> let's start with that. I'm not trying, me personally, I'm not trying to turn a carnivorous world into vegans. It's not. It's never going to be my destiny. So, in a perfect world, how would you grow your food or interact with your food? How would you feed yourself? In a, in a perfect, perfect world? world, okay. Yep. In a perfect world, I'm an asshole. Here's how I would do it. I would wake up in the morning and I would say I'm an enlightened person. Then what I would do is I'd get up and I'd walk and I'd sing songs from my ancestors and the timeline of my ancestors, and I would believe that in my path, water sources would make themselves apparent, and the food for the day would be abundant. Then if I was lucky at night, I would find a didgeridoo, I'd carve it, I'd play it, and I'd leave it behind because it was an attachment that didn't serve me the next day because I didn't plan to play it. So in an ideal world, I wouldn't hunt, I'm sorry, I wouldn't hunt animals, right. and I would just walk the face of the earth, and everything I needed would be provided to me at the time I needed it. You would forage. Is that the word? That's yeah. the word. Oh, I like that word. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do well here in New York, huh? Yeah. As a human, though, wouldn't you want the ability to make choices between certain things? It depends on what I was seeking. So I recently read a book called The Art of Choosing by Sheena Iyengar, and it, that one of the examples was if you, you're put into a hotel where everything is provided for you, you've got the best sheets, there's like the movie of the day is being played later on, the food is right there, anything that you need but you don't make any choices is just available for you, you'd go crazy. No, that's, that's currently what's happening right now in all of the modern Well, right world. now we have too many choices, and we're being told this, we're being told that. It's Semant not that... Semantics. The choices are all the wrong choices. The right choice is to walk in compassion of the creatures of this earth, spread messages of love and forgiveness, treat your body like it is a temple, attach yourself to only that, and praise your creator. What other choices do I need? I, I have an apple. I have pears. I have cucumbers. So one of the most interesting things that what you else said do to I me years ago was that... Well, this is going deep, man. Was that it's... I'm, I'm going to get in there. Um, 
you said that to the drunk guy at the bar uh, who eats only processed food and burgers, I'm a an enlightened step. I'm I'm like his his monk, um, just because I call it fifty percent of my diet is where I've gotten to where it's raw organic vegan, where I've substituted something that's you know like a green juice, but it's it's raw, it's organic and vegan, and what you speak of now with you know i want to walk through the forest and and become this enlightened being is sort of the the ultimate pinnacle for you but there well, you you asked me the ultimate i didn't necessarily yeah, i didn't necessarily say that that i'm going to achieve that i might get something that's close like instead of me going to the top of the mountain and putting my flag i might get to base camp which is where i pretty much right. live so i'm not sure if, probably so why don't we talk about some of the base camp steps yeah, for the that, that's what juice press is juice press is base camp Juice press represents exactly that. It's accessible to everyone because there's, you know, you could just be coming out of a Hell's Angels party and you want a delicious smoothie because it tastes like ice cream and a treat. We have that product. We have the super green juice for somebody who's on a very green juice cleanse and the product is very pure. And so, yes, I would say that that is my modern day answer to the things that you're talking about. The, 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 so you made a grab-and-go retail location yeah. that allows for a consumer to come right. in and pick from a variety of juices and foods like oatmeal. Medicine of the wraps. time. Medicine of the time. Medicine That's what it the is. Time. The juice is not an old thing. They didn't have juice 6,000 years ago, it's not, except for wine, really. Juice is a medicine of the time. People are so intoxicated by pollution and stress and parts of technology and the processed food, which is a number one culprit. We need a stronger medicine to help people get well so this is the first step in the process substitute some of the garbage and the processed no. stuff that you're eating in packages no the first step in the process is to eliminate processed food altogether okay does it make a difference what you replace it with you have to remove processed food from your diet that's actually what's making us sick it's also what's making us unenlightened you can't actually have a higher consciousness if your body is not in tune it's just not possible you could come from a place of higher consciousness there's people who have so much consciousness and such good human beings they could be 300 pounds overweight and they're still amazing good human beings and they have great teachings but for themselves they've limited themselves because their body has to be present for that process it has to be connected the body is the antenna for the conduit of universal truth right now th this is not like you know everyday talk we don't sit in a modern hotel with you know blogcasting or podcasting these these teachings that make me sound like a buffoon but they're old teachings and they've been taught by so many people i'm just giving another spin on Barnett something that's and I an don't old think teaching. you sound like a buffoon i don't i don't, I don't <laughs> like it because this is not my if i were to start this whole thing over mm -hmm. i would say a lot different things i i as i said before i, I don't plan how i'm going to how it's going to start to flow out of me what i'm trying to really teach people is that let me just stay on myself for a minute of how I look at myself now at age 49. Mm -hmm. Enlightenment is a word that people do not like because it sounds like a false prophet. It sounds like the yoga teacher that ends up dead in the Hudson River with a belly full of reds and 17 limousines and a room filled with cocaine and hookers. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm speaking about is lifting the fog. Lifting the fog. I believe more and more i'm finding people who have come out of the fog that doesn't mean they're completely enlightened it means that they're seeing more of right. what we can call universal truth let's call it 
some type of some type of euphoric happiness. It's something greater than that. A great therapist once told me because I mentioned to her that I was having these really powerful uh, spiritual uh, experiences where I was being given information. I said, "What's going on?" She's saying, she said to me, "Well, you've done the, a lot of work and you've made your body pure. The universe is joining you." And I smiled and laughed because that's what it felt like. And I also felt very ashamed to speak some of these messages. Like I never pictured myself the violent lunatic that I am with two and a half thousand skydives, 10 years of Thai boxing, fought competitive, no problem with violence and not a scared guy. I never thought I would hear myself become an outspoken vegan on the compassion side. I don't even know where it's coming from. And I laugh because it's just not me. Right. But here I am going, oh my God, look at these creatures. How can I eat them? Especially when I don't need to. And it never served any culture. All the cultures that eat the flesh of an animal, they're all gone or they're suffering. Mm. They're either suffering from warfare, from malnutrition, or they just disappeared. It's just not working. We have to try something new. You don't need the flesh. These animals need to, to live. The worst atrocity committed by man is the enslavement and the destruction and murder of millions, tens of millions of animals every year for nothing because we don't need them. We don't. If we needed it, I'd be like, fuck them. It's us versus them. But it's not how it's set up. The plants are our food and they're here. They're medicine. Every plant on this planet is medicine for one type of living being. It may not be compatible with your chemistry, but it's compatible with someone else's chemistry or something else's chemistry. Just to understand that energy is medicine. Mm -hmm. That's the simple thing. When your body has energy, it can produce its own medicine to a point as long as the body's natural pathway to recovery is open. There are illnesses that cannot be cured by the body's own natural ability. Pancreatic cancer is a perfect example of that. So the body's, the body's ability to heal goes to the point where the body's natural healing mechanism may be open or closed. There's things that you can do to shut the door faster. There's things that you can do to open the door wide. Mm. I can tell you right now, there's nobody that's listening to this podcast believes that Red Bull, Coca-Cola, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Razzle Chewing Gum, and... Vodka is the pathway to healing. Right. I don't think there's anyone that foolish. So once we understand that there's an ability to intoxicate your body, then why is it such a jump to believe that there's a detoxification of the body? Mm. I, don't, I don't understand why people don't make I that association. I think people believe it. I think there's just a, a, a higher barrier to, to entry because it's, it's expensive. There's more availability of crap, right? It's Fasting is cheap. I do also think that (laughs) um, Western uh, understanding of what medicine is is like a quick association with your doctor as opposed to like preventative, which I think like is a generational thing. Well, we're we're reactive. We're not proactive. And I think the younger generations are understanding what preventative health is through the stuff that you eat, through exercise, through lifestyle. But I see it in my own family, in my wife's family for sure, where that's not common knowledge. And like even my mom has diabetes. No one's no one's been taught. No one has been taught. The doctors do not teach it because they do not know it and they do not live it on themselves. They also wouldn't have a job 
Well, I should be a different type of doctor. You'd go to a higher level and you'd probably have one of the best jobs in the world. The average person who doesn't do it on themselves cannot talk about any of these things in a way unless it's in a book or the scientific data. Listen, I read double-blind studies. I'm a high school throwout. I read them all the time. I'm handed double-blind studies and I read them. I'm not smart. I can't write one, but I can certainly detect one when it's been tainted or not the right questions are answered or when the desired answer was already assumed into the double-blind study. They miss things. A lot of double-blind studies are done on six people. That's not a real focus group of a double-blind study. A double-blind study is subject to be disproven and the science of tomorrow will be different than the science of today. There are certain things that haven't changed because human chemistry has not changed. It's just simple chemistry. The, 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 the plant-based diet is the easiest diet on your digestion, which is critical because it's in your digestive system that 85 to 90% of your problems are forming. So you need time to rest your body. You can't be digesting food all day long. There are, time of, of the, there are times of the day that are optimal for eating. You follow what I'm saying? And... What are the times of day that are optimal? Well, I mean, it's in fact, can you just can, sketch out what yes. the plant-based easiest time okay. for eating the looks like? Diet, I believe very strongly that one of the biggest mistakes that the modern society is leading itself down a dark, violent alley right now is this absolute passion and terror of anything with the word sugar. It's absolutely going to be a devastating effect in the next decade on because human fruit sugars are good, but processed well, sugars are not. Because you're going to die with your body without, needs sugar. Your body needs <laughs> fruit and sugar. If you don't get fruit, you don't get the vitamins, you don't get the antioxidants, the flavonoids, the phytochemicals, and a host of other compounds that you will die without. Die, just dead. That's the first thing. The second thing, it was never the problem. There's no hospitals filled with too much fruit patients. There's, that doesn't exist. <laughs> It's processed. Really sugar. Cool it's did. processed sugar. Right. That's a different chemistry equation altogether. Processed food, processed wheat, processed everything is what's yeah, killing the environment. Stri- everything is stripped out of it, and it's simply, it's just, it's a carbohydrate that your body can't use as fuel. It just stores it. Well, you can use it as fuel, and it's not about the storage. It's that it's too concentrated, and because it's too concentrated, it's like an atomic bomb. The body's response to be able to pick up that sugar is a secretion of hormones that encourage the splitting and dividing of other cells, i.e. cancer. Uh-huh. You, when, you, when, you, when you eat fruit sugar, your body naturally releases insulin to pick up the sugar and to be able to absorb it, sugar uptake, be able to uptake it into a cell. If you're eating processed sugar, your body freaks out and goes, wow, there's just too much sugar. A person becomes insulin resistant, which is one thing. And the other thing that's is common is your body goes, hey, we got to release IGF-1 and IGF-2, which are the hormones responsible for a cell dividing and multiplying. That's, this is, unless there's a better science app today, we already understand that. Cancer is a mutated cell, which means he's a bigger, angrier, better adapted cell to survive in your environment. So if you're making mistakes in your diet, you're killing off your healthy cells or you're making it harder for them to actually get the nutrients that they need and you're making it very easy for cancer who has more sugar receptors, more insulin receptors in the first place to thrive and survive. When you're eating a high animal, uh, animal-based diet, it doesn't matter if it's chicken, fish, a dead squirrel, a snail, doesn't make a difference as, as when it's a concentrated protein, you're also giving cells what they need to, to divide and multiply as well. Protein is an indiscriminate builder of cells. It does great if you're in the gym and you're trying to get pumped up in bulk. You need more protein. But remember, it's not like discriminating. Going, oh, wait, you're cancer. I don't give you anything. 
You're giving cancer exactly what it needs as well too. And they do, cancer cells do much better than a healthy cell because cancer cells can thrive in an oxygen-rich environment, which is what you would have from a plant-based diet, and it can do well in other gases, which are off gases from a high-protein diet, where other healthy cells cannot do well in those diets. Why do we have to start fighting cancer today? Because that's what's killing people in, in mass, in all different ways. And it's really what it is, is it's a symptom of the large-scale epidemic that we have, which is we do not know how to consume. We don't understand the consumption organs. We don't understand our lungs. We don't understand that we consume through our eyes and our ears. We just don't understand because it's lost art. It hasn't been taught right. in centuries. It was a forbidden teaching. And we're consuming those bad things now. We're consuming everything bad. Right. Bad images, bad words, bad music, bad food. Every single day, we're intoxicating ourselves through all of our consumption senses and the only opportunity you henry have to clean it up is when you're fucking sleeping when you're fast asleep your body says thank god let's do a cleanup and you lie on your back and you go into blood dialysis and that's where your body does an amazing miraculous job of cleaning up the mistakes on the problem is if you interrupt that process by going to sleep packed with food at nighttime your body will not go into that process as well and as you get older it goes into it even worse and when so don't eat before bed. That answers that, one of your questions. Right there. <laughs> well, Give yourself two hours. It's, it's, it, these are all habits that are ingrained to compensate for the lack of consciousness. I can't, I'm not going to put a negative word on it other than say as we become more conscious, we can feel that at nighttime. Right. I can feel my body working. Oh, what's this guy talking about? He's crazy. He's on drugs. No, no drugs. 33 years sober, I'm naturally nuts like this, I now can feel it. Right. I've made myself clean enough where I can feel a mistake that I make. And I go, oh, that's what this feels like. For me, it's anecdotal. It's not scientific. So it's if my... you want to get high, drink green juice for 60 days. Well, one of my favorite things before bed is to drink parsley water. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like it. And it really, yeah, it makes me feel really... Most people aren't eating, though, as fuel, which is what you keep saying. There's, I think... Uh, we talked, we like hit on it for a moment about emotional connection to food. Marcus, I think that's how you right. started. Um, but food is no longer just for fuel for, or there's, there's a problem with zero to a hundred. Like there's no, there's no middle ground when I was fueling my body just for a competition, right? Then it was, right. it was fuel, but it wasn't a, a, an enlightened fuel when I, instead am depressed and I'm sitting there and I all I want to do is eat because that's a, an emotional connection and a comfort for me because I got it when I was uh, when I was just born that's that's a that's a different type of um, understanding with food we don't know we want to we need to be open to learning we need to be ready for that enlightenment and then we need to start looking at the actual reason for why we're eating and what we're eating right there can you repeat that what I just said yes yeah, we need to uh, I don't even remember what I just open said. Open to learning. You need to be, there you go. We need to be open to learning. We need to be ready to listen. We need to be ready for our, that enlightenment, quote unquote enlightenment. And we need to start realizing why we're doing what we're doing, what we're putting in our body, and what the purpose is, right? And if the purpose is a long-term outcome or if it's a short-term outcome. So if, I'm, if I want to be shredded, ketosis, great. But am I going to be screwed later on? Yeah. And it's not even that great. That's the best part. You suffer unnecessarily and you actually just create more bad habits because next summer you're going to be want to want to be shredded too. Well, why not just keep the shred going all year round mm -hmm. 
all the shred. Ready? I got a new one. All the shred. All the shred, none I'm of the in dread. I'm the business of shred, actually. So. Oh the shred, no, all the shred, none of the dread. Okay, I And if there is the not a lack of shred, you wouldn't be in the business of shred. That's true. You, it, it, listen. Right, right. She, you, you, what you said, you spoke very truthful, honest, and meaningful words. And thank you. It's very important that more and more pe- people speak these words. And then what I think I'm good at is not the speaking of the problem words. I don't want to scare people. Your water's polluted. Da, da, da. I don't. Who fucking cares, right? Trump's president. I forgive him. That's where I'm at. I just forgive the guy, and I don't put him in my world. I'm not trying to scare people. There's a handful of people I want to wake up. If I'm talking to the average person who doesn't get any of these concepts, they just say, they're going to say, just give me direction, I'll follow it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to follow it. Here's what I want you to do. When you wake up, the first thing you got to do when you open your eyes is say, I'm an enlightened being. That's the first thing you got to do. Thank you. Second thing you got to do is get up, wash your face, brush your teeth, and check yourself out and make sure you're groomed so that you're fit for walking in the world and no one sees you as a madman. Because that'll dull your message. That's the second thing. Now, what responsibilities? Do you have to, children, you have to get dressed, take to school? If you do, make sure you take responsibilities. Start off by drinking water and recognize that the first sip of water you take, you don't have to pray. You have to make drinking the water as if you're praying. Right. Because that's your intention. Takes. So you want to begin your day with water, plump, fruit. Okay. You need it as a source of energy. It's going to curb your appetite. It's going to send the right equipment to the right parts of your brain, right. of your stomach, of all your organs. You're, you're giving yourself the ability to take a crap. You're actually giving yourself the fuel you need to get going in your day. And it's the time of the day where you can use it the most. And it tastes good. And it's fun. And it's a blessing. Okay? So I believe that your curfew for eating should be um, definitely in the winter time. Your curfew for should eating should be before the sun is down, and in the summertime, because the sun goes down later, I would say curfew for eating is around six or seven p.m. The curfew for eating. So you guys have given us some very clear and practical guidelines on nutrition, on health, on spirituality, on looking at what we are and what we are ingesting. When we come back, we're going to take. Uh, a look at um, some very practical advice from each of you uh, for uh, the steps that we can uh, take in our own lives to shift into a more conscious diet and a more more woke cell. Today's episode is also brought to you by smile to go Best chicken in New York, Barnett's favorite. You got to come on over here. Today's episode is brought to you by Nabisco. smile to go come visit us Uh, we're broadcasting right out of their on air sponsored by Shinola Detroit studio in the Freehand Hotel on 24th Street and Lexington visit them at smile to go nyc.com yes excellent that's the one Google smile smile. just visit them on Google you'll find it it's really it's really uncomforting when someone says a website name in the form of a question well, I'm just trying to include. I feel like that's that, supposed to be very you know? factual. You just know? Google it, guys. You know the name. You'll find it. Let's, let's go to yourfucked.com. <laughs> right. We'll go to um, Google. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so, post edits. Welcome back. 
to better world. We're here again with Marcus and Alex, and we're wrapping things up and talking about easy ways for our listeners to get involved in making their life better from a health and wellness standpoint. How about taking up the plant-based diet challenge, eating less, consuming more green vegetable products, the minerals that make you feel full, or going to Marcus's house for dinner? What do you think, Marcus? You'd have to do all the cooking and cleaning (laughs) because... I'm not lifting a finger after a day of work in food and beverage. I'm doing, I'm doing the challenge. You are? Yeah. Can I add in a part to that challenge? Please. Uh, yeah. Movement. Oh, I, we haven't talked about it at all. And with health and wellness, I do understand that nutrition is uh, the primary like, foundation that you, you sit on for, for your wellness. But as somebody who's in fitness and kind of taking the, the focus away from being shredded and uh, looking a certain way and taking it out of the vanity and into a connection with your body and how you feel and what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, I want people to realize that you don't need to take a class just because someone says that you should or you don't need to be doing yoga because it's, it's this or it's that. I want people to realize that your body is meant to move and you can have all of these different options to explore and there's different moments for different types of movement. And you won't know unless you try it all. That's a great teaching. That is really great. Why really is the body meant, meant to move? How do you feel when you don't move? Oh, I know the results. I'm just wondering if you had the technical answer about I why. don't have the technical answer. I, I would say, I mean, your muscles will atrophy if you sit. Uh, you, you need f- to have blood flowing. <laughs> you feel energy. I mean, my, my father is completely bedridden. And yeah. he's a different human being. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, happy you, people you, just don't shoot their. Or you start developing. <laughs> exercise makes you happy. You get. You can develop dementia. Mm-hmm. All sorts of crazy, fucked up shit happens to you when you don't move. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're parallel. Our body. We have legs to walk. We have hips to squat. Like that. If you look at a baby, that's how they they sit in in a comfortable position. It's how we crawl around. We we explore our world. We touch things. We we are curious beings and without movement you can't explore your world so literally any type of movement and I, just just get off this move um because we're sitting inside all damn we're day. sitting inside all day we're not um feeling our even even in movement nowadays people don't connect to their body it's it's you're just going through the motions and i teach a class called flow into strong where i'm bridging the gap between yoga and strength because i feel like with a yoga practice you are in the moment of or or you're forced to really focus on what your body feels and what's going on in that moment and with strength we don't really go there where it's just like lift this weight put it down jump on this box let's go crazy rather than what what are you feeling in your body what's the sensation and what is that bringing up for you because there's a higher connection to we are our bodies it's not like your body is one thing and your mind is another it's it's one entity and connecting that gap is what's going to make you uh, more enlightened more conscious and happier. live better and happier what right, let, let's say? say let's say that happiness is a very silent frequency that you can't hear over the sirens so one of the things that yoga practice does is it puts a lot of emphasis on concentration to hopefully reduce the 14,000 sirens that are going off in my head so I can hear one silent frequency that's quiet, that says, this is who you are, this is what's happening. So a lot of Western sports 
don't really promote that. I wouldn't say that speedboating and, and professional horse racing is a way to quiet your mind. It could be for the master in a horse race, they probably would just be focusing on what the horse is doing, where the finish line is, and perhaps through that they can achieve enlightenment. But most of our gym practices that we do today, they, don't, they really take the mind and the whole process of awareness and awakening and they we check it at the door right because, you zone out because the, the result is generally physical we're trying to right. well, i'm trying to build your cardio I, you know i want my legs to be bigger this season i'm working on back wait but wait wait so you have the plant-based diet where we're swapping flesh for plant-based alternatives we're eating less we're consuming green vegetable products and we are moving and we're doing activities that bring awareness but how do we know that we've achieved a better awareness or that we're doing the right types of movement. And to be clear, speedboating is probably not a sport. Okay. Also fair. Well, well, is golf a sport? No. That's another episode. <laughs> okay. Hobby. You know, hobby. when you, when so you ask that question. Is it a sport or hobby? When you say, how do we know when we're aware? Well, there's, there's, there's ways to find out. First of all, one way to find out is go and sit down with your elders and, as, and, and share with them what you're experiencing. If you actually, if we go back to our our roots and we start talking to old people again we can learn whether or not we're on the right path i i have my village elder i go to two or three times a week and i also go to my father who's 77 i talked about things that i think i could check in with him to see if i'm on the right track on the opposite side of that is i just go to a park and i watch my children play because that also tells me if i'm on the right path sometimes i'll just walk up to my child and i'll say who created this rock and they'll answer me and i'll go Oh, I thought it was something else. What does Minnie say? Or was it Luna? Uh, I, asked, I found a rock on a beach, and I asked Minnie, I said, Minnie, where did this come from? And she said, oh, an artist created it and gave it to a child. And when the child was bored, she left it here. Not untrue. <laughs> I said, thanks. Not untrue. Thank She's you. She's four right? years old. Yeah. She's enlightened. Alec, any last uh, words of advice for our listeners? Um. Yeah, never, never stop learning, right? Like we, we talked about being open to learning and I'm, I'm sitting here 26, very early on my journey to whatever enlightened state I'm going to be and hopefully am on my path and on my journey. Um, I stumble quite often and it's okay. And just being open to listening and to understanding, to learning, but also being confident in my emotions and how I'm feeling. Or not necessarily my emotions because I think those are a little... Um, you can't really trust your emotions, but you can trust, um, I think you can trust, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the way to describe trusting how you feel versus trusting your reaction. Trust like, your heart. Yeah. Like your gut, your, your heart, um, not necessarily just that spur of the moment, like thought. Because oftentimes your first reaction is the easiest answer, which For is sure. usually the wrong and path. it's usually just a reaction yeah. when you can pick, you, you can choose your reactions. You can't really choose how things make you feel. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You could try, you could, you, if you use the emotions as sort of like a scout party, they're like, they, they can probe a situation and give you a first reaction. It's not about trusting the first emotion. It's about gathering the information that they collect and then being able to go to a higher office and say, what do you think of the data we just collected? And then having another process until you keep going up higher up your own food chain to check to make sure that whatever you observed and thought and created emotions are that you're actually on the right path. Now, there's relativity to that, obviously, because we use the word truth a lot. And there's no such thing as 
one person's truth. There's a lot of different truths. So you have to be very careful when we say trust the emotions and things like that. Obviously, if a woman is crying and she's in pain and her, her husband is abusive and we say don't trust your feelings, we wouldn't be guiding her the right way. We would talk to her and maybe say, what are your feelings telling you? And then maybe a good therapist might say, well, why do you think you chose him? There's a different way to look at it, right? What are those feelings that you have trying to teach you? What would make you happy? Maybe she's repeating something that's happened to her in the past, so she needs a new habit so she can create a new set of thoughts that will lead to a different set of emotions. It is a complicated process. That's why sports like martial arts or yoga, they're wonderful because they teach people how to learn. Sometimes we overthink the fuck out of something, and really all it's about is taking the next right action. So I'm the type of guy, as a teacher, I consider myself a trainer in some sort of crazy strange world we live in my method is like i'm a drill sergeant i don't want to talk about it just do it this way or don't do it this way leave me alone there's somebody else that wants help so if i gave someone who was very sick advice they'd say i want you to wake up and say you're enlightened drink water wash your face and eat fruit and the guy says but i want to do it this way i say go fuck yourself because i don't have time for that that makes me the new yorker enlightened guy but if you were an emt trauma specialist finding somebody who had just lost their legs under a landslide what would you say? I love that question. The first thing I would say is I'd walk up confidently with my special medicine bags. I would look at the person in the face and I would say these three holy words that you say to another enlightened being, you are okay. No matter what condition he was in, I would first remind him that no matter what, he is okay. Marcus, in, in another Alex. life, Marcus was a EMT. He was a thousand percent, still is. He's yeah. a healer. Marcus, Alex, thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. This has been Better Thanks, World, guys. where we focus on really awesome people and what we can do to help change the world. Thanks, and tune in again next time.